Proto fam, before we start, we want to thank our sponsors at FanDuel. You want to know the only thing better than winning? It's winning cold, hard cash. And the best way to play fantasy football and win is with FanDuel. From double-ups to giant tournaments and private contests, there are a million ways to win every single week. And if you sign up at FanDuel.com slash Fantasy or... Click on the link on the Fantasy Football by Brodo app. FanDuel will match 20% of your first deposit with your first bet up to $500. FanDuel is just handing out money for you to play with. Plus, Brodo has you covered with optimizer lineups and weekly DFS articles on the Fantasy Football by Brodo app. We'll help you come out on top. Sign up today, play some lineups, and win some cash. Welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, with my brothers, the only two twins that give you double that fantasy goodness, Michael and Jason Petrop. Oh, yes, baby. It is the time. It's always it's always time. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's basically always time. But, but it's a lot of leagues' trade deadlines are coming up. Uh, and this is the time that people are getting a little nervous. They're like, all right, this is going to be my team from here on out. The waiver wires tend to thin out unless there's a big running back injury or a big wide receiver injury. The, the This is the time where it happens. So high tension mm-hmm. right now. High tension. Yep. Week 11, dude, already. Can you believe it? I am here. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, here only with Michael today. Mm-hmm. It's a two-man show today. We're running the, we're running the, the give and go, the pitch and putt. The uh, dick and balls, <laughs> Scooby and Shaggy, <laughs> um, more PG content. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You go from uh, the top to the bottom, right there. Uh, if you want to go straight to the top, I'm gonna tell you how to do it. It's with the Fantasy Football by Brodo app, of course. Our pride and joy. Please go download this free app right now to dominate fantasy. If you're in a position where you're like, hey, hey, I'm trying to get into the playoffs, man. I'm trying to get into the playoffs over here. How do I do it? And I need every single thing at my disposal. Well, guess what? Your disposal is right here. And it is the Fantasy Football by Brodo app. We have player cards, which is basically every single stat you need for each player all in one place. Start, sit tool, player comps, podcasts, consistency charts, coaching tendencies, articles, rankings, waivers, game logs, usage charts, and advanced stats, including our own exclusive stats, Time and tested, tried and tested, true throw value, true target value, true performance value, and points over average and adjusted air yards. These are the five, the holy fivity. That, that's how you say it, right? Fivity. Holy fivity, yes. And the reason why this app is free is because of our patrons over at patreon.com slash brotofantasy. If you want to support the show and you want to get a bunch of free uh, extras, including the waiver wire podcast, the most important podcast, an extra podcast per week. Uh, the Discord, which is the best community out here. DFS optimizers playing in leagues with us, and we just got off another call for uh, a consultation. There's a a guy. The since the last consultation we gave him, his team turned it around. He he was one and five. He is now six and six. He's won five in a row, and he is trying to get into the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. So I, no, not six and six. I'm bugging. He was one and four, and now he's five and five. He was one and five, and now he's five and five. No, oh, okay. Well, I almost got it. Uh, but yeah, our consultation obviously worked for him, and he's hoping that this second consultation will will work again. In fact, he's uh, in the process of acquiring Mark Ingram because he was an AJ uh, Jones rostery. Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones, and he's picked up. Um, he's picked up Alex Collins. We we've we've tightened his roster up. And we hope to do that for you too. Patreon.com slash BrotoFantasy is the place to do it. By the way, this is the preview, but as you know, our schedules just happen to work out this way where we are recording as the Thursday night football game between the Patriots and the Falcons is going on right now. I just made a quick decision. I was starting, and I know, don't make fun of me, these are these are my starting running back, I mean, wide receivers because I drafted literally three bust, bust wide receivers. Right now, I am starting uh, Kendrick Bourne. Michael Beasley, uh, not Michael Beasley. Michael wow, Beasley? Uh, Cole Beasley, and Mike Williams, <laughs> and I just made the decision to pull Brandon Ayuk. Oh, I know I just made the decision to pull Brandon Ayuk from the lineup for Kendrick Bourne. So I'm hopefully Kendrick Bourne will do something tonight because uh, I kind of made that split decision. The fact that you just it. named those three guys, I know, 
is quite hysterical. I just want everyone to know that I, I also have Nick Chubb and Ezekiel Elliott on that team. So, like, that's why I'm still in the playoffs in that league. Like, but. I have Cooper Cup on bye, and my wide receivers are still way better than My those. wide receivers are extremely weak. I, I To put it lightly. Yeah. So, I mean, I got I got a strong quarterback in Ryan Tannehill right now, and I have TJ Hawkinson in a tight end. I got Michael Michael Carter in the flex, so I'm I'm winning. But uh, hashtag winning. I could be I could be better. Actually, Michael, I have a question for you before we start. What's a player that you think should be on a on people's list uh, to trade for or maybe trade trade away in this in these upcoming weeks? Putting me on the spot. I know Terry McLaurin is someone I, I would try trading away. If you don't want one of his patented four-point performances in the playoffs, or several <clears throat> in the playoffs, you know what's frustrating? Cordero Patterson was someone that I was looking to acquire. Mm. Luckily, I offered so many Cordero Patterson trades; they all got denied. Luckily for me, because he ended up getting injured. Um, but I would. This is a perfect time where you either. Like, like for instance, David Montgomery last year, look at the schedule, and if there's something that really stands out, we have the defensive points allowed tool as well, um, which is perfect for that. If there's someone that really stands out, that could help you out. Now is a time where I also say, look, injuries happen, right? If you're If an injury happens to you and you get screwed, there's not much you can do about it. So now is when you say screw it and trade away your depth and get players to put in your starting lineup. That's how that's how I typically do it. Right before the trade deadline is when I say, screw it. Like, I don't care if I have Cole Beasley on my bench, who's kind of like a wide receiver three. If I could improve my wide receiver three slot by trading away two wide receiver threes to getting a top 20 wide receiver, I'll do it. And then I could pick someone up off the wire if I need to. So now is a good time to really trade for those, um, for those depth type trades too, for the star type players. Um, Quick look at strength of schedule for these players. According to points over average, you got someone like Houston is number one for quarterbacks. Don't trade for Tyrod Taylor. So don't take the advice that literally. Um, Second is Jacksonville. Don't trade for Trevor Lawrence. Um, So you got to be smart with it as well. Then you get teams like Las Vegas and Seattle, and that becomes interesting because Derek Carr has had some QB1 performances this week, this year, excuse me. If you've been streaming QBs, he's not someone bad to stash. And Russell Wilson he was hurt. He just had a really bad down game. Maybe you could get him for cheap. I definitely do not expect that to continue. I do expect him to get better throughout the season. Uh, yeah, I hear all that. That that makes a lot of sense. I do you know what? Or like Dallas has a tremendous wide receiver um, room going forward in terms of points allowed over average. Maybe you could try to get Amari Cooper for cheap, who's been kind of up and down this year. But I think could end the season off strong. Do you know what's going to hurt people is that there's week 14 buys this week, this year. So that means there's playoff buys this year for the first time. No, playoffs are 15, 16, 17. Oh, yeah, I'm bugging. <laughs> there isn't. Okay, good. Because I think a trade target that I'm going after hard in a lot of leagues is Devontae Smith. I've been trying to get Devontae Smith in almost every league. He plays New Orleans, the Giants, the Jets, bye week, Washington, Giants, Washington. To end the season, those are incredible matchups, and he's hot right now. And Jalen Hurts looks like he's taking a step. People forget that Jalen Hurts only played three games as a rookie last year, so he's kind of in his rookie season right now. So the fact that he's in his rookie season right now, it there's room for him to grow. There's room for him to get better as a passer, and he has been getting better. He just put up two straight twenty-point games. I think Devonte Smith is going to be a guy who wins people leagues, and. You're going to think I'm crazy, man, but I think Nick Chubb is a sell right now. Uh, Nick Chubb. But only if you're only if you're in in the playoff race. Because if you're in a playoff race, you got to take a look at the upcoming schedule. Nick Chubb has a week 13 bye week. And in, and look, he has some juicy matchups coming up. Yes, that is undeniable. Detroit and Baltimore uh, are his next two matchups, which are fantastic matchups. With that being said, if you can move Nick Chubb and get pieces to fill your lineup as a as a contender, I say do it. Uh, and and I think that, but those are only for the people who are fighting for playoff spots. If you are a guy who can afford to lose your best running back the week or two weeks before the playoff starts, then fine. But if you can't afford to do that, then I, I would I would be looking to move Nick Chubb because Kareem Hunt's on the way back. 
He's still dealing with COVID. You might have to grit your teeth a couple times because he's going to score 20 points. You'll be like, oh, man, did I make a mistake? But if you get the right deal for him, I would do it. Michael, I don't know if I should. I don't know if I should reveal the deal that I might have in place right now. I promise I will not like cock block or anything. All right, Nick Chubb for Elijah Mitchell, Amari Cooper, and Melvin Gordon. I'd rather have Chubb, but I understand with your team why you'd make that trade. Right, because I need a wide receiver so bad. It also scares me. It scares the crap out of me that too. you would give Johnny Nick Chubb. Yeah. That, that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's 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 one of the. Fine, uh, being honest, a little crazy. Yeah, it all depends on Elijah Mitchell's finger as we go on. Let's let's talk about these these guys and let's talk about these teams before I just ask Michael about my team only. Uh, me and Michael could talk about my team all day, um, but let's not do that. Let's get into everyone else's team because that's why we're here. Um, Michael, what do you say? Are you are you, re- are you ready for this? Is, is this something that you Y'all are ready, ready for? This? for? Bum, 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 bum. The first, <laughs> the first game is two his- teams where historically you look at their teams and you think defense. Uh, Ravens at the Bears. Let's start with the offense though, because that's <laughs> bless you. Ooh, that came out of nowhere. Um, because that's what fantasy football is. David Montgomery returns. This is a tough matchup. Are you still playing him with confidence? In my RB2 spot, absolutely. Um, this team has been getting better offensively over these last several weeks as Justin Fields begins to get more acclimated to the NFL speed and just the the play of NFL players. And David Montgomery, I said last week, excuse me, two weeks ago when he was activated against Pitt, like this guy is going to get work. They're not going to activate him a week before the bye to play half the snaps. And that's exactly what happened. Khalil Herbert was a complete afterthought. Uh, Montgomery ran pretty well, 63 yards on 13 carries, two targets, two receptions, 17 yards. Tough matchup against Pitt. Um, So he's back, and David Montgomery has been a solid RB2 this year. Um, I don't see why that would change. And Baltimore, they've been, they're not the easiest matchup, but they also, they're not unbeatable on the ground. So I'm I'm plugging Montgomery back into my RB2 spot happily. Uh, What about these wide receivers? Because right now, Allen Robinson missed Pat. Missed practice again with a sore hamstring, and it's very important to note that this is coming off of the bye. So if he had a whole week to rest and he's still missing practice, this is something that tells me he's not going to be playing. I mean, Mooney's been good, um, and he's going to be the only option, but I'm not sure that's a good thing because the Ravens have a great secondary. They're ranked 25th. Uh, They're the 25th worst 25th best matchup, so 7th worst Mm -hmm. matchup in the NFL. Uh, They are allowing... 7.7% 7.7% less points over average than the wide receivers usually average. I'm staying away from this passing game, even though this is usually a positive for um, usually a positive for Justin Fields. There's Look, only- I hear you, Tim, but, dude, we already put out our first iteration of rankings um, this week. So do you agree that it's just wide receivers suck, dude? Once you get past, like, the first 15 wide receivers, it's trash. It's running backs the same way. Like I feel like Michael, wide receivers are even less deep than running backs. I don't at know, this man. Point. Like I got I got Michael Carter like running back nineteen, and I'm not even sure about him this year, this week. You know what I mean? Like it's it's. But it's Michael Carter has been great. Like I got Hunter Renfro as my wide receiver nineteen. Like I don't know. I got Darnell Mooney at wide receiver thirty one, just because. And I'm not even a big Mooney guy. Like you said, it's a tough matchup here against Baltimore. But as Justin Fields goes, goes Darnell Mooney. It's very fairly obvious at this point that that's his favorite target. Just had his best fantasy output of the season um, last week, following a 6-for-64 game against San Fran, coming off a bye. Mooney has been a wide receiver 3-4 type guy for several weeks now. Um, He has down game potential, as we've seen several times this year, but I think he's also shown enough upside where he's not the worst wide receiver 3. I'd prefer him in my flex, um, but definitely the only wide receiver um, considering playing this week. And then I know a lot of people are on Cole Komet, man, because he just went six for 87, eight targets. He plays a ton. Good matchup here against Baltimore. They've been giving up games against opposing tight ends. But we're also talking about Cole Komet, who just for the first time had his first game where he scored more than seven half PPR fantasy points. Like, what are we doing here? I mean, he, he's gotten five or more targets in each of the last three games. He's been yeah. getting better each of the last three games. He's a rookie. I mean, two games ago, he put up 
against San Fran. And this like, is a good matchup. The Ravens have been really, really weak against the tight end. I'm aware, but he's also he put up 3.2 against Las Vegas, which is a better matchup. Five for 43 against Tampa, which is a similar type matchup. I'm just I'm not chasing Cole Komet. I understand why people are getting hyped up about him now, but this is another just recency bias take in my opinion. Like Cole Komet has been playing a lot and seeing targets the entire season. It's not brand new. Just that Justin Fields is playing slightly better, and Cole Komet finally just had a decently big game, going uh, six for eighty-seven. But prior to that, the dude was doing nothing this entire season. He hasn't topped fifty yards before last week, so I'm not chasing that. I think Cole Komet's a good start this week. Yeah, see, you're you're just a you're a Dumbo head, Tim. <laughs> uh, let's go over to the other side. Both Lamar Jackson and Hollywood have missed practice on both Wednesday and Thursday. Lamar Jackson because he's because of an illness they say in Hollywood because of a thigh injury. Monitor that monitor that. That could be a huge turn of events. That could be like a I thought Jonas Smith wasn't supposed to play in this game. No, he's back. No. Oh. Um that could be a huge turn of events. So, I mean, we're let we're let's be under the assumption that Lamar Jackson um is playing. A lot of people are on Rashad Bateman this week and Michael, you mentioned in our we just had a a consultation. Yeah. And he asked about Rashad Bateman, and you're not as high on him. Why not? I'm just not on high as Rashad Bateman as others because, <clears throat> look, I understand the hype. He's a rookie. He's been getting better each week. But we're also talking about an offense led by Lamar Jackson that they're not a super high-volume passing offense. And we got guys like Hollywood Brown and Mark Andrews to eat into the snap share as well. They're going to run. Like, Rashad Bateman isn't that guy that you could trust as like a wide receiver two or better really. I don't think he's going to transform into that this year either. So he's going to be a wide receiver three flex play. He has a, but he has a limited ceiling. Like if you could trade Rashad Bateman, cause someone's like getting super hyped up about him. I wouldn't be against it. But if you're expecting anything more than like wide receiver three, four numbers, I think that's, you're just, you're getting a little bit ahead of yourself. Cause like I said, he's been good, but that's about it. He's been good. And I expect him to continue being good. No, I mean, this sounds fine to me. Good is good. Yeah. Um, I think that uh, Mark Andrews is an obvious play here. Le'Veon Bell got released, which probably means Latavius Murray is on the way to starting. If not, then, you know, Devontae Freeman. This running this running game Latavius is... Latavius Murray did return to practice. I, I yeah. assumed he'll be back when they cut Le'Veon Bell. Exactly. So he's a decent start, you know, top 24 type guy. Yeah, but then Devontae Freeman's actually been pretty good while he's been out, so you don't know if Freeman's going to mix into it more. That's true. It seems like it's going to be them two for sure, at least splitting it, not like Le'Veon Bell mixing in two, and Tyson Williams doesn't really seem to, to be doing much. And there goes Kendrick Bowen with his first reception. Oh, baby. 1.1 points for your boy, Tim. I, I, bang, need, bang. I need it, Michael. I need it. Michael Kendrick Bourne out here. Michael gave me the uh, advice to start Kendrick Bourne. Before the oh before thanks this. putting me on the spot Tim you did though I, I mean, just like him over Beasley I mean uh, this it's a hard hard task to start the Kendrick Bourne man um, anywho yeah <clears throat> yeah with that being said like I'm playing Rashad Bateman as a wide receiver three flex play because that's what I think he is and Hollywood Brown um high end wide receiver two low end wide receiver one as I think too like as usual. as usual that's what he's established himself as and Mark Andrews has the most difficult matchup here um. 31st in points over averages are the Chicago Bears and Mark Andrews he's not unsusceptible to down games as we all know he's had several this year he's had several in his career with that being said if you have Mark Andrews you don't sit Mark Andrews just this one's a little bit a little weary for me to maybe have one of those three reception 50 yard games similar to that like against Cincinnati went 348 basically like if he has another game like that I wouldn't be shocked Michael, uh, you're the Cole Komet or Mark Andrews? <laughs> you're joking, uh, right? Yes. You better All right. be. All right, let's move I on. I fight you. Let's move on to our next game, though. Uh, the Packers at the Vikings. Let's start on the Vikings side because the Packers have been awesome. Honestly, like they've been a very good defense. The last two weeks, they shut down Patrick Mahomes and Russell Wilson back-to-back. You cannot say that for a lot of people. Last year, yeah. Justin Jefferson scored no I mean only had 20 yards 20 plus yards like just over 20 yards against them both weeks so this is a matchup that scares me a little bit against the Packers if I'm looking for Vikings to start 
see, like, I understand that, but he was also, Justin Jefferson was also matched up against Jair Alexander last year. The fact that they're doing this without Jair Alexander is making me very confused. Like, it's Mike Penton, man. Green Bay's defense is just balling out, and there's nothing we could really say against that at this moment. And like you said, they just, like, yo, I don't know what was going on with the Seattle offense last game, but it wasn't good by any means. And you could say a lot of it was Russell Wilson making throws, but then again, it was still Russell Wilson, right? Yeah. Either way. And then Patrick Mahomes seemed super normal. Kyler Murray, right? Kyler Murray played against them. Um, Kyler Murray did not have a big game, if I recall, too. That was the game that he got injured, but he ended with 274 passing yards and two interceptions, no passing touchdowns. So that's quite a three-game stretch against three, like, MVP-caliber-type quarterbacks. Yeah. So now with Kirk Cousins, who is very susceptible to up-and-down games, as we all know, I don't know if this is the matchup I'd want to trust him in. I think there is legit shootout potential, and I do think... Justin Jefferson could be like the guy who unlocks the the opposing offense against Green Bay if he's not able to be guarded, which is a possibility. And it was great seeing him get double-digit targets last week, and I hope that continues. But Kirk Cousins is a, a little bit of a tough sell here unless this game ends up fairly high-scoring, which I do think is possible. I just, I don't know, it's the, the way Green Bay's defense is playing, you could probably, like, I'd rather go and pick up Derek Carr, for example. I said, I said, uh, Mike Penton. By the way, I meant Joe Barry. Um, Mike Penton, throwback to him. Yeah, uh, I don't know what made me see Mike Penton. I wonder if he's still in the league. I think he's on the. Ba- I think he's an assistant for the Bears, if I'm not mistaken. The Bears. Um, Green Bay is actually the best in the league at guarding the slot receiver. So um, keep that in mind for Adam Thielen, who comes out of the slot every once in a while. Uh, I, I'm just. I'm obviously playing Justin Jefferson, 100%. It's just yeah. hard for me to play anyone against the Green Bay defense that's, that's playing so well with confidence. You know, I'm just adjusting my expectations. On the other hand... Lack of confidence in your confidence is what you're saying. I'm, Justin Jefferson is your fantasy football confidant. With that being said, uh, we mentioned that Tyler Conklin has basically been the man for a while, and the Packers are a great... Great matchup. I'm the matchup. man, I'm the man, um, I'm the man. They're allowing 31.3 points over average against the tight end. That's the sixth best matchup in the league. And percentage points. Percentage points, yes. Uh, I think that that's a home run. I think that I'm, I'm playing Tyler Conklin as a tight end one this week. Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, people are super hyped about Cole Komet, who just had his first game over eight points. Tyler Conklin has gone, gone over eight points three of his last four games. And it was seven, the game he didn't go over eight points. He's either been catching passes or catching passes in the end zone when he's not catching many passes. He only caught three balls for 11 yards last week, but two of them were touchdowns. The week prior, he went five for 45. He's the clear third option in this offense right now, which certainly makes him a streamable asset every single week. And Adam Thielen, who we we didn't mention. um, Look, Adam Thielen, you basically have to start every week knowing there's down. There's a chance for him to have a down game, but then there's also explosion potential. And if I recall correctly, I think he had one of his explosion games against Green Bay last year. Um, but don't quote me. Don't quite quote me on that. But um, yeah, even in his down games this year, he hasn't absolutely killed you. Like 9 and 7.6 the last couple of weeks. Not terrible, like flex type numbers. So, I mean, I'm starting Adam Thielen this week too. And then Dalvin Cook, you start, obviously. Dalvin Cook returned back to his like super ultra workload. Um backfield last week and it was glorious super ultra super ultra super ultra that's the glorious super ultra that's the nissan super ultra that was worse than my joke culture the confidant the the snopa dopa all right let's go over to the packers uh aaron Rodgers not practicing right now he has a toe injury but said he's gonna play so nothing to be worried about um aaron Rodgers kills the vikings they should Uh, double check his toe yeah i mean he he kills the Vikings. The Vikings have been a bad matchup for QBs so far, uh, but they've been a decent matchup to wide receivers. I love Devontae Adams. I love um, I love Aaron Rodgers in this game. I particularly love them because of the lack of Aaron Jones. I think that Devontae Adams is going to be hyper-targeted. And look, the Vikings have been super, you know, they're not a great defense against the running back either. 
I think AJ Dillon is a smash play in this week. This week, I have him ranked as my RB eight. I might be going a little ham. I have him as like my RB seven. There you go. So, <laughs> Michael, tell us why. Because he's going to be that backfield we saw last week. Look, we saw it last year too when Jamal Williams got hurt. Aaron Jones completely took over. Aaron Jones went hurt. AJ Dillon completely took over. He ended with 21 rush attempts, 66 yards, two rushing touchdowns, two receptions, and 62 receiving yards, 25.8 half PPR fantasy points. Minnesota is not a not a bad matchup. We're talking about a guy who's likely to see 15 plus carries and five or so targets in an Aaron Rodgers led offense. Rodgers, Rodgers, he's been very good this year. AJ Dillon, sign me up. I'm super like if you got AJ Dillon, you and you've been waiting on him this entire year. Week eleven, you have yourself an RB one, mm-hmm. and you know that's why you you roster guys like that. Yeah. Anyone else on this on this Green Bay team that is even worth talking about? No, I'm not trusting Cobb, MVS, and Lazard are just like a cluster of people you can't trust. Or the tight end now that Robert Tunyon is gone, and Tunyon wasn't really trustworthy before his injury either. Uh, let's go over to our next game: the Colts at the Bills. This will be an ultimate test of Jonathan Taylor's superstar stardom, in my opinion. Because I'm the Taylor. Because uh, the yeah. Bills are the worst matchup when it comes to least fantasy points allowed, and they're the 29th worst matchup, so they, it, that correlates uh, in points over average. This is a hard matchup. No matter how you cut it, I'm staying away from all other Colts, be, Colts besides Jonathan Taylor, and I'm, you know, I'm reluctantly, I'm not, re, not reluctantly, but I'm starting Michael, Michael Pittman. I know, Michael, you're not a big fan of Michael Pittman right now, but I'm starting him because he's been great and he's the number one target. And this is probably going to be like Vegas has their 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 perceived total at 21 points. So they'll, yeah. they're going to need to score some points and it's going to be Pittman and JT who does it. <clears throat> yeah, certainly not um, not a tremendous matchup for Michael Pittman by any means. Um, you you want a you want a better matchup for Pittman, who has been on a very hot run of late. Um has set a very, very nice floor at the very least, but Buffalo has just been super locked down. Between Tredavious White and Levi Wallace, whoever's on Michael Pittman is going to be a very difficult matchup, and we haven't really seen him have that type of matchup this season. Like, Baltimore is a good defense, doesn't really have, like, a lockdown corner. San Fran is the same thing. Tennessee, the Jets, like, he hasn't really faced that lockdown man corner type guy so it's going to be interesting to see how it goes for Michael Pittman um this weekend definitely temper your expectations I think though I definitely think he's more of a high-end wide receiver three-ish low-end wide receiver two than high-end wide receiver two on the other side the Bills could not ask for a more perfect defense for them uh the Colts are really bad against the pass and they're great against the run which is perfect because the bills have no desire to run <laughs> and they desire passing all the time we've already talked about cole Beasley a little bit but uh let's go again you assume this isn't going to be a blowout um do you still play him with dawson knox in a great matchup versus the colts yeah dawson knox this is a certainly a get right type of game for dawson knox um look he played his allotment of snaps last week over 80% of snaps, only had one catch for 17 yards on one target. But he also just missed a couple games and had a bye week with an injury. Um, I don't think his role in the offense is just gone. And this is a, certainly a get-right game here, and I think you could play him as a uh, wide receiver one this week. Even if you like don't want to begrudgingly play him, it could definitely work out. Because like Tim said, just glorious matchup here against the Colts defense. And his return, I do think it hinders Cole Beasley and the issue with Cole Beasley is now that he's hurt he played nine snaps last week dealing with a rib injury this is where a rib injury goes back to two weeks ago where he slacked against Jacksonville as well he caught eight passes but only for 33 yards and it was all near the line of scrimmage didn't practice much last week practice today but what happens if he plays nine snaps and then leaves the game again or something like that and Cole Beasley has always been up or down but he has three games this year under three fantasy points, which just, is not it's ideal. It's just such a good matchup. It is a great matchup here against Indy, who's just been bad against wide receivers and quarterbacks, which is glorious for Josh Allen and company. But I just I do not have a good feeling at all about Cole Beasley this week, which probably means he'll go like eight for 80 and have two touchdowns, no, no, have one of those patented Cole stop, Beasley stop, games. Stop, 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 stop talking. Uh, <laughs> I, I hate you. Um, Emmanuel Sanders, though. 
Uh, Stefan Diggs finally broke out last week. Same thing with Sanders, though. Man. Yeah, same thing. It's like, hard to trust him right now. Yeah, right when he thought he was going to be like this trustworthy wide receiver, two, three. That's what I was buying into, and I wasn't on him at all this entire offseason. He's just putting up duds now consecutively in good matchups. Miami, Jacksonville, and the Jets. Are you kidding me? Like, that's a three game stretch you see and you look at your lips. Facts. To total 14 p- points over that three game stretch Ugh, is disgusting. Just saying it. And, like,. You see Indy, and you're like, the matchup. But that's what we said the last three weeks as well. Stefan Diggs absolutely took over last week for the first time this season. The target share was ridiculous. Gabriel Davis is working in downfield. It's At this point, it's tough for me to trust anyone in this offense, even though one of them might break out again. It's been several a couple weeks now in a row where they haven't. It's been Diggs. Or like... Against the Jets, four rushing touchdowns by the running backs. Well, one of them was a receiving touchdown by the running backs. But whatever, it was by the running backs is all I'm trying to say. I don't know, man. It's it's tough to trust anyone besides Diggs. And I think Knox because of the tight end landscape. But I don't know if I'd want to trust Sanders and Beasley. If I had to trust one of them, it would be Sanders. But more of a wide receiver three flex. Hopefully flex. Like, I wouldn't want to trust him as a wide receiver three this week. All right, let's go on to our next game then. The yeah, line- start Josh Allen. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this is a juicy matchup. The Lions at the Browns is our next game. Speaking of juicy matchups, if Nick Chubb plays in this game and it says that he's trending towards the right direction, according to the offensive coordinator, he might put up 30 against the Lions. Um, if not, Dearness Johnson time is upon us yet again. I think the question is, if Chubb plays, do you think there's enough to be had against a terrible Lions team when it comes to defending the run uh, for both of these guys? This one is tough, Tim, because the Lions are such a great matchup. They're no Jets. They're no Jets. The Jets are in a league of their own in piece of shitness against the running back position. But the Lions are close. So I'm absolutely playing Nick Chubb, obviously. Um, and he's Dearness my, Johnson. He's my RB2 overall this week. Yeah. I don't blame you. I wouldn't put him that high just because he doesn't catch passes. But he could break out for like 150 yards and multiple touchdowns. Three touchdowns. Yeah. The issue with me for Dearness Johnson is playing time. Yeah. Last time they played together did not go well for Johnson. Um I, but last week he balled out again. Dearness Johnson that is played 88% of the snaps. Like it was glorious. But week 9, he played 33% of the snaps, eight carries but no targets. Like even Nick Chubb was the one who got the targets in that backfield that week. The week prior, only 31% of the snaps, only four carries, three targets. So if we're talking five to ten touches against the Lions, if he doesn't find the end zone, it's not ideal. So he might be touchdown dependent. They could get a lead, but the Browns have been just on a downward spiral over these last several weeks as well. Yeah, they just they they blew out someone and they just got blown out. They did just get blown out. That's more of the downward spiral that I was mm-hmm. considering here um, against new england but they, they did blow out cincinnati all right i just i don't know if i'd want to trust dearness johnson i think he's more of a desperation flex play and hoping that the uh the browns take like a big lead or something and then dearness johnson comes in to keep chubb last healthy. week i put dearness johnson in like eight lineups and it was absolutely glorious yeah um that, that, that sounds glorious no golf on the other side for the lions i, I possibly we, we, hold, on, hold, on, hold on let's not go to the Lions. yeah we still got browns to talk about um Look, the Lions have been a pretty good matchup against the quarterback and the wide receiver. And right now, Donovan Peoples-Jones, limited in practice. I I mean, him, Jarvis Landry, Baker. I'm not like Jarvis Landry. I was falling for a little bit because I was like, he's getting all the targets at some point. It's going to have to work out. Like, it doesn't make sense for him to keep slacking. And then guess who just keeps slacking? And that's Jarvis Landry. Four straight games under eight fantasy points and half PPR settings. Donovan Peoples-Jones has kind of taken over that downfield role. But we saw last week, if he doesn't catch a long touchdown, uh uh-oh, one catch for 16 yards. They just, this team, their passing offense at this point is just like a complete joke. And there's nothing really you could do about it. Baker Mayfield, like, he's already making excuses for himself for this upcoming game against Detroit. Like he said, he's the most beat up he's ever been in his life in a press conference. To me, that sounds like a guy who's down on his luck, who's like, you know what, let me just let everyone know that I'm hurt in case I play bad again. Why else are you going to go out there and say, oh, I'm hurting so bad? Like, that's, that's the way I'm 
looking at that. So I'm not interested at all in the pass catchers in that offense, even if it's a good matchup against Detroit, because you don't know who it's going to be. You don't know. Like, would you be surprised if David Njoko and Austin Hooper are the leading receivers? I was going to just mention the tight ends. Like, you just don't know which tight end. Njoku dropped a wide-open touchdown in the end zone last week. You just don't know which one it's going to be. It's been it's been Njoku the last two weeks. It has been Njoku, but Austin Hooper also found the end zone last week, I believe. Well, um, it, well, sorry. The targets have gone Njoku's way, but, you know, also it was Njoku two weeks ago. It was, it was Hooper last week. Yeah, so then, like... You're just going to keep trying to choose back and forth which one of those guys is going to find the end zone every week. No no, thank you for that, too. Like, give me Nick Chubb. There you go. Have at it. Give me Nick Chubb. That's <laughs> uh, about it. Let's go to the Ooh, other Damian side. Damian Harris dropping the shoulder. Yeah, Damian Harris looking good. Uh, let's go to the other side. No golf at practice the last two days. Dealing with a bad injury, and I think that he might not actually play. Yeah. Um, not ideal for Detroit. And we got, what, Tim Boyle, I think, has been getting first-team reps over David Blow, who, remember last year, he who came blows? in. David Blow came in and, like, threw that 80-yard touchdown to Kenny Galladay on his first play ever. That was glorious. But that was, like, the height of his his NFL. Because no one expected that. Level, yeah. So it's like, ay ay ay. It just makes that team even more disgusting. Their wide receivers are a joke. Tim, let me ask you a question. Yes. Are you a little scared? That TJ Hawkinson oh wasted his first, his best two games on the first two games of the season. No donut for Pittsburgh. One target donut, Tim. Go ahead and break your no November fast and enjoy this donut from TJ Hawkinson. <laughs> <laughs> Look, well, he had a bad game, sure, but I'm not scared of it. He had a bad game, especially with the with the backup quarterback. As you guys know, we mentioned this a lot. Backup quarterbacks tend to hyper target tight ends. Except Jared Goff is basically the talent level of a backup quarterback. Stop it. Stop it. You think Jared Goff is one of the 32 best quarterbacks in the NFL at this moment? I, it doesn't matter. He's better than Tim Boyle. Yeah, but I'm just saying he's That's basically what matters, the though. talent level. No. He's better than Tim I'm Boyle. I'm surprised you're not agreeing with me. Like I'd rather have like you're going to be hyped I said this, Mitchell Trubisky than Jared Goff. Okay, but I'm not but if the if the backup quarterback for the Lions was Mitchell Trubisky, I'd say okay. He'd probably be starting by now already. But he's not. Yeah. So Yeah, no thank you for this team. Um the receivers that is. Um we started talking about Hawkinson. Yeah, Hawkins Hawkins I, I mean it's always the same for them. You're going to play Hawkinson, you're going to play Swift and then that's yeah. it. Yeah, basically. DeAndre Swift, where did that like that game script, so odd. <clears throat> I tweeted. Let me let me pull up this tweet because it was very interesting to me. So I shared it in a tweet. Entering week ten, the season highs for DeAndre Swift were fourteen rush attempts and fifty-one rushing yards. First off, that's pretty gross. A season high, fifty-one rushing yards. Yeah. Four receptions was a season low. Twenty-four receiving yards was a season low. That's not good. In week ten, well, those are season lows. It's not good. In week ten, this guy ran thirty-three times. Literally more than double his season high prior for 130 yards, more than double, and then caught only three balls for five yards. It, that's like, why I'm what not. What a strange game. See, that's why the the whole Hawkinson thing too just didn't make sense. We we talked about this on Monday. It's just like Hawkinson was on. It was in on every play. Blocking. C.J. Blockinson. T.J. Blockinson. Um. Yeah, but Jamal Williams back at practice. I think there's something to be said about Jamal Williams. If he certainly. Caps the 33 rush attempt appeal for DeAndre Swift if he does return. But at this point, DeAndre Swift, like you locked and loaded every week, you put him in your lineup. I'm really excited to talk about this next game. Ooh. Washington at the Panthers. Cam Newton. This is the one you're excited about, huh? Cam Newton's making his first start. That's why. Kill the camera. And because you have this this dilemma with Cam Newton. On the one hand, Washington is giving up the most points overall to quarterbacks. They are f- the fourth best matchup in terms of points over average. They're giving up 28.2% per- more points to the quarterbacks than their average. That's a big one. But it's Cam Newton's first start, and he's playing Ron Rivera's team, who Ron Rivera is hey, very, man. very, very familiar with Cam Newton. So the question is... That's, that's sometimes the... Uh... The coincidence that happened in this world are just too great. Yeah, you know. So, Michael, what do you think? Like, are you willing to start Cam Newton this week? I would s- likely start Cam Newton over like 
Kirk Cousins. Huh? Because like what we just discussed yeah, about the Green Bay matchup. defense being so good. But you really got to have a lot of balls. If we're talking to a typical 12-man, 1QB league to just stick Cam Newton straight into your lineup, mm-hmm. even though Washington has given up the most fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks, this guy has attempted three passes or four pass- passes last week, was coming off the couch. <laughs> it's going to be hard to trust, man. And this is not a guy that was the pristine accuracy quarterback during his time either his everything about cam newton was his explosiveness and ability to run and make plays go longer not throwing the ball accurately like that has never been his strong suit when he was mvp he had a great he had that that's a long time ago though yeah it was but he did have that one great year can't take that away from him yeah but if you're starting cam newton you want 70 rushing yards you want a rushing touchdown if he throws for 150 passing yards, maybe a touchdown, maybe an interception, that's perfectly fine if he's getting you 15 points rushing. And that's always a possibility for Cam. So I'm not I'm not putting it as a zero chance of that happening. I certainly think it can happen. I just don't know if that's something I want to trust. As who is that? Nelson, Nelson. Aguilar. Finds the end zone from about 15 yards uh, out. That's not good. That's not good. Uh, I'm I'm playing Nelson. I'm playing. Uh, and then this Kendrick is the uh, this is the you better come through moment. I think for DJ Moore here against Washington, because like I said in the review pod, are we talking about another Allen Robinson? Maybe because this guy is now coming up on six straight games of pure mediocrity: um, six point three, eight point four, ten point three, seven point nine, six point one, and four point four. Man, that sucks. That's disgusting. Yeah. After being proclaimed the wide receiver one, baby. Y'all let me get DJ Moore in the fourth round <laughs> after four weeks. That's why early victory laps could really come back to bite you in the ass. Yeah. Now's the time, dude. If you don't come through in this one, then it's Cam Newton at quarterback. First time starting quarterback this season. How will his accuracy be? Will he even be able to get the ball to DJ Moore? He threw a touchdown to Robbie Anderson, or was that P.J. Walker who did last week? I think it was P.J. Walker who threw a touchdown to Robbie Anderson, kind of like a little coming-out party for Robbie Anderson. Yeah. Obviously, don't start Robbie Anderson. It's going to be tough, man. Look, if you have D.J. Moore, you're more than likely starting him. It's, it'll be really hard not to start him in a matchup like this. Like, let's be real. You want to start him in this matchup, but aye, aye, aye. Terry McLaren's been terrible, too, speaking of wide receivers. like He's, he's kind of been on the same—he's kind of like D.J. Moore light— because he's been very disappointing, but he's had one good game sprinkled in. Yeah, but Terry McLaurin, like, he was supposed to go in against Tampa last week, right? And then he went 6 for 59, 8.9 fantasy points. He's basically been Allen Robinson, except he went 22.7 points against Green Bay. <laughs> Otherwise, over the last five weeks, he's been super mediocre, too. And now it's been 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6 of 9 games, single-digit fantasy points. The other three games, 22 points or more. Like, you love the highs, but the lows have been double this year, and that's not exactly what you hope for. Christian McCaffrey is... And Carolina, real quick, but Carolina is like one of the worst matchups you could have this year. Points over average, 28th against the quarterback, 29th against the receivers, and then 32nd against running backs. Speaking of 32nd against running backs, let's talk about the running backs. Let's start with Antonio Gibson, as you mentioned that. I think D'Antonio Gibson is someone that I would be comfortable sitting this week. Yeah, Antonio Gibson, I see him being ranked as like a around RB20, and that's no. questionable. If he didn't have the two rushing touchdowns last week, he'd be ranked around like RB40, and people would be like, I don't know what to do with, with the Antonio Gibson, man. But he, he did have the two 64. touchdowns. Yeah, 24 for 64. But two rushing touchdowns, can he get the volume against Carolina? First in points over average against opposing running backs. This is an odd week, which means J.D. McKissick is already going to have a good game. (laughs) So will Antonio Gibson. If I were a betting man, I would bet J.D. McKissick outscoring Antonio Gibson in this one. Just because this is a touchdown-dependent running back in a non-touchdown environment in Carolina. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I mean, CMC is the first. I saw some stats that one, someone that we had on this on this uh, program, Ryan McDowell, someone that we respect in the industry, one of the OGs of 
Twitter dynasty. Definitely. He tweeted some stats, and I won't go into every single stat, but basically every metric for CMC in his career is worse with Cam Newton at quarterback. Um, that's something to keep an eye on. Uh, but CMC is CMC. CMC is CMC. Um, that's and all then, you need to know. You start CMC. Shut your whore mouth, Tim. <laughs> anyway, what else you want to talk about in this game? Um, I don't think so. Let's go on to our next game. Because we got Ricky Heels Bones and Logan Thomas, who are both trending downwards, which yeah. is not good. You don't know who's Maybe that play. helps out Terry McLaurin if that opens up some more targets. But, like, you're not going to trust the third string um, tight end because why would you want to do that? The word ring? The word ring. Uh, let's go over to the Texans at the Titans. I got a hot take, Michael. You ready? Oh, I love hot takes. My start of the week, Jeff Swain. Jeff Swain's been balling. Texans are third best matchup in POA against the tight ends. Hey, Jeff Swain's going to score a touchdown. I'm, I'm put it down in, in the books right now. Jeff Swain is a uh, he's an interesting feller. He's an interesting feller for sure because he had look the tight end landscape in Tennessee was absolutely disgusting with Ferkser and company, and then Jeff Swain out of nowhere week eight. I put him in our surprise, surprise, because I was like, hey, look at this, Jeff Swain. I guarantee nobody even knew that he did this. Four for 23 in a touchdown. I didn't know he did it until you said it. And then four for 29 in a touchdown the next week. And then this past week, four for 26. He didn't find the end zone. That's three straight games with four receptions. And, man, I should have looked this up. How many wide receivers, uh, how many tight ends have three straight weeks with four receptions over the past three weeks? Probably not too many, if we're being completely honest. Um, So, I... Be kind of interested in throwing a dart with um, Jeff Swain here against Houston, too, because I like this one, Tim. I like it. I could get behind this one. Jeremy McNichols did not practice one Jeff Swain over Cole Komet. Boom. Uh, I don't know about that one. <laughs> uh, Jeremy McNichols. No. <laughs> You're uh, the one who started hyping up Yeah, Jeff Swain. <laughs> no, but I'm not that confident in it. Jeremy McNichols didn't practice. He's in the concussion protocol, which makes Foreman a better prospect this week. Although the Texans have been tighter against the run as of late, he will probably find the end zone at some point. It's hard. It's ugly, but it's hard not to like Deontay Foreman yeah. as like a low-end RB2 strong flex play this week. I even think Adrian Peterson has some appeal. I know you're going to be mad at me about that, but I really do. <laughs> Deontay Foreman last week kind of took over that backfield a bit. Not completely, but 11 rush attempts, two targets, um, two receptions with 48 yards. Definitely showed more burst than the others in that backfield, which isn't saying much when we're talking about uh, Jeremy McNichols and the ghost of Adrian Peterson. Um, But it still counts. And last week, Adrian Peterson um, did not play as well as Deontay Foreman. He, He played one less snap than Deontay Foreman, but got three less carries, only one target. Jeremy McNichols played five snaps less than Deontay Foreman. So, I mean, that's 27% of the snaps went to McNichols. If that even if that gets evenly split between Foreman and Peterson, these guys are going to split at 50-50-ish. But I think Deontay Foreman proved himself worthy of seeing more snaps in that backfield compared to AP and the other guys. So, yeah, I think Deontay Foreman is in line to have a pretty good game here. Like, it's ugly. It's Deontay Foreman. I've never been a Deontay Foreman guy. But it's a Tennessee offense, and... I mean, why not? Like, it's not like they're not going to run the ball. Ryan Tannehill has been quietly very good the past two weeks. A lot of that buoyed by the fact that he's rushed touchdowns in each of the past two weeks. He leads all NFL quarterbacks with five rushing touchdowns. Uh, if you don't know, now you know. I'm, I'm comfortable starting him. I'm comfortable starting A.J. Brown. Do you think This Mark- is a blow-up spot here for A.J. Brown. Yeah. I know a lot of people are down on him after last week's performance, but they had Lattimore on him, and he got doubled a bunch. Now he gets Houston. Nobody on Houston could keep up with AJ Brown. Yeah, uh, to say to say the least. Who is that number thirty on the Falcons? <clears throat> Wayne Gallman is it? Oh, is that no. Quadri Allison? It is Quadri Allison who got who just got a fourth and one carry. Yeah. At yeah, the, Quadri at the at the Patriots forty nine. That was that's that's some kind of a gutsy call. Right, that was there. a nice run. Yeah, gutsy call. Um. Do you think Marcus Johnson has a chance to repeat last week's performance? Is he worth at least a look? I think he's worth at least a look. Um, I'm starting him in my Scott Fishbowl league because I have a bunch of buys and Yeah, I was discussing this the other day with someone who had a very bad injury or 
something happened with his team where he basically didn't have a wide receiver three. And of the names he was listing that was available in the waiver wire, I I thought I honestly thought Marcus Johnson was the best guy to take a chance on because he completely took over that wide receiver two slot, which we've seen have some appeal um, in Tennessee over these past few weeks. He went five for six for 100 yards. I'm not saying Marcus Johnson is going to become the next big thing or he's going to be usable moving forward, but it's a matchup against Houston, and no one on Houston, that defense is atrocious, and Marcus Johnson just proved himself like Nick Westbrook-Akina didn't have as good a game this season as uh, Marcus Johnson had last week or anyone on that Tennessee team that isn't A.J. Brown. Like Even Julio Jones wasn't doing anything when he was healthy this season, so... If Marcus Johnson plays 70-ish percent of snaps, sees five-plus targets, he could have a decent game. On the other side, Brandon Cooks, no one else. Brandon Cooks, no one else. Sounds like the name of a rock band. And it's a rock band that plays every single week. And I agree with you. Brandon Cooks, no one else is a is a, is the right way to go with it um, because Brandon Cooks, lick your chops, folks. Yep. This is the... Second best matchup in terms of points over average here against All, Tennessee. Although you should, we should mention that Tennessee's been better of late. Tennessee has been better of late, but that's because the pass rush has been getting there, not necessarily due to their secondary. Um, but either way, this is what you want when you get Brandon Cooks. He has four matchups this year within the top 10 in points allowed. He's put up 16.7, 18.3, 13.4, and 8.6. If 8.6... Is his floor? Sign me up. If he could go 18 plus, sign me up too. Like Brandon Cooks has shown the ability to put up points this year, um, even in that atrocious offense. He's shown down. He's shown that he could have down games too. But those have been in the tougher matchups: Buffalo, New England, Arizona. I don't really see him having a bust type game here against Tennessee. And shout out to Santiago, who would be very happy that I'm actually talking good about uh, Brandon Cooks right now. Uh. Michael, that was our last game. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, where can they find you? At BrotoFF Mike. You can find me at BrotoFF Tim. You can find Jason at BrotoFF Jason. You could find Cass at BrotoFF Casanova. See what we did there? Branding. Branding. <laughs> at BrotoFantasy on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. BrotoFantasy.com. Brother Johnny oh, yeah. on TikTok coming at you every single day of the week now. Facts. Bulls and Bears report. Um, what? Where was I? I, I'm lost. Branding. Branding. There you go. BrotoFantasy.com, the fantasy football by Broto app. We out. See you in episode two. Later.